0: listening to another episode of Give Me a Buck Podcast partnered with Wisconsin Sports Heroic. I'm your host, Joel Graham. I got Zach Wright with me, and this week we got two different guests from two different podcasts. We got G from What the Buck Podcast, and we got Jake from Downtown Browntown Podcast. Let's get into it. This one is going to be a fun one, man. Oh, yeah. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> this one yeah. is going to be yeah. a fun one. <laughs> Pat Connington versus Wara. Gee, I'm starting with you. You were the last one, though, so I'm starting with you on this one. Who would you like to see more of? Pat or Wara?
1: Is this a quick trick question? <laughs> <laughs> it's no war, like, 100%, man. Like, I'm so over Pat Connaughton. Like, look, okay, I'm a nerd when it comes to this. Okay, okay. So I got stats here. I got my little book here. Okay,
0: okay. All I like right? that. I like that. We had
1: we had Pat Connaughton for three seasons. Uh huh. Three seasons. The most he's ever produced. So he averages seven points in twenty-three minutes. Okay. Okay. The most he's ever his game high here. The most he's ever had in Milwaukee is 20. It's 20. Are we going okay. crazy here to think this guy is our sixth man? He's our sixth man. Of course I'm going to war. No given on limited opportunities, limited opportunities, guys. He's, he's gotten 24 points in one game and then 20 the next game. It's not, it's, it's crazy to me. It's just like, Pat Connaughton has made his way into Boone and the Milwaukee Bucks heart. And I have no, I have no reason why I have no idea because there's guys like we shouldn't have traded like Torrey Craig. That I believe should have had way more minutes than Pat Connaughton. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Given the opportunity. Yep. But for some reason, Pat Connaughton has stripped guys like that. And it seems like it's going in that direction with PJ Tucker. I'm praying to God, God that's not the, the case. I'm praying to God. Yeah. But that's just what it seems like, you know? And then you argue with people all the time, and they ask you, you know, um, what about the defense? What about does his defense? <laughs> what, are your, what are What are we talking about here? He gets right. – he is breakfast to these elite players. Right. You can do – you can average 100% from the field against, you know, these – Cheap teams like Orlando or whoever we just played. You can do uh, that. Right. But are you doing that against those teams that where it means most? Are you doing that to Philadelphia? Are you doing that to the Nets? I'm, I can go with this all day. So I'm just going yeah. to pass okay, it Okay. I'll, I'll question gonna, just going to I was going to let you I was going to let you finish. <laughs> let you
0: finish.
1: No, okay. Okay. No, 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 no. Because no, I can go on and on and on. So right on.
0: now, G, if I hear you correctly, this is what you're saying. Pat Connaughton, in his three seasons with the Bucks has a three seasons. Three seasons with the Bucks. His high is 20 points. War 20 points. Wara with his limited minutes, limited time, yep. has outscored yep. that twice already. Okay. Yep. Okay. That's a great point. That's I think that's enough.
1: Point. I think that's enough of a case. I mean and he's not given 23 minutes. Yeah. And Pat Connaughton's played every game
0: and Jordan's only played 22. Okay. Okay. I'm going to swing it over to Jake. Jake, Pat versus Wara. Who who you got? Who, who should get more minutes, man? What do you think, Jake?
2: For me, it's Pat Connaughton. It, it really is. Okay. Um, you know, I get everything that G said, but I think you just got to put things into perspective a little here. I mean, in the minutes we've seen Wara play this season, a lot of them have been garbage time minutes at the end of games when we're either blowing teams out or getting blown out. So good point. I think that you got to put that in perspective a little bit. Those minutes are a little different than Pat Connaughton's 23 minutes per game that are against other team starters with Buck starters. So that that's a big thing for me. And on top of that, I mean, Pat is, he he can play, you know, he can, he can play. He shot 39% from three this year on 3.8 per attempts per game. That that's pretty good. You know, obviously it's been a roller coaster. He's got his ups and his big downs that we've all seen. Uh, he had a, like a six to eight game stretch here recently where he was one for 17 from three. I mean, yikes, that that's not great, but you got to look at the totality of the season for me and 39% from a role player like Pat, I'll take that. And I I get the defense take, but to me, Wara, he's a liability on D. You know, rookies, they look lost on defense in general, especially second round picks. Uh, I mean, these guys just don't have the talent that they, that is in the NBA in college where they're having to defend these extremely athletic players. I mean, Wara has looked lost on defense to me, in my opinion, and that's really where my case is made here is Pat. I think he's a, decent defender he can switch one through three um yeah we saw him getting roasted by like a Kevin Durant against Brooklyn in the, towards the end of that game but who doesn't get roasted by Kevin Durant you know like obviously Drew can hold his own a bit and, and PJ hopefully will be that guy for us but you know for me it, it's Pat Connaughton and really it's not even that close uh I, I just think that Pat is he's just a good fit on this team. Five rebounds per game for a guard like him. He's active on the boards. He, Him and Dante have got that nice little connection of just playing hard, knowing how to make good plays. And Pat's not a high volume shooter guy, you know, Wara is. And in those games that he's seen big minutes, like against the Knicks and the Hornets, when we sat our starters, yeah. I mean, he had the green light to shoot. You know, he was one of the mo- the guys who had one of the like he was one of our better offensive players in those games. So that's just not the kind of player Pat is. I don't think we need a player in that role to, to put up 20 points per game. I really don't. Um, I don't want Wara stealing shots away from, from all these other guys really. So for me, it's Pat Connaughton.
0: Okay. So let me ask you this, Jake. Now you say you're rolling with Pat Connaughton. I do agree with you on like defense wars defense. It's a little suck. It's not good. What I'm what I'm thinking, Pat and Wara. Um, so Jake, you were pretty much saying Pat, because of his, we don't need that player to pretty much score the ball. We need that player to pretty much grab rebounds and um, bring that high energy and things like that. So are you looking for an impact player or are you looking for a player to just fit a role? Because I think what G is going with here is. He's looking for a player to impact the game rather than a player that's just going to fit a role. Twenty
1: points is going to make a difference, man. It's going to make a huge difference that's when true. when you when you when you narrow it all down. Like, and if you get off the this bench, this NBA is moving towards. It, this NBA is mo- exactly off the bench. This NBA is moving towards more towards the offensive end anyway. Okay, like with a guy like the like the reminds the world reminds me. Of of like a Kevin Martinish and above guys who who has that potential, who has that game potential. Okay. You know, he might get cooked on the offensive end, but if we give him the confidence to get him the tools that he needs, like, you know, in the future, I mean, it don't matter what you do to him on the offensive on the defensive end, you know what I'm saying? He's gonna get his back on the offensive end
0: against you. Okay. Guaranteed. Okay. So Jake, are you looking for somebody more to impact like a Wara, like G is saying, or are you looking for somebody to fit that role?
2: I'm definitely looking for someone to fit that role and really just someone who's not going to get exposed on really either side of the floor. And and Pat Connaughton to me is not that player. You know, you say Wara, he's put up 20 points per game twice. So you're saying he's going to average that when he's, playing like he's not going to average 20 points per game like y- you can't you can't say that um, yeah, well, well, so that's, for me it's just like he is that. he's going to get exposed on defense like if he plays playoff minutes these teams have so much film to go off of. They're going to be dissecting the the little itty bitty things that the Bucks don't do well. And to me, they're going to go at Wara. And he is going to be such a liability on defense that he's not worth playing. It's just doesn't, to me, yeah. that's where it's at. And like, they, I'm not saying Pat Connaughton should play playoff minutes either. We'll, we'll get to that later on yeah. here, right. but now I'm now just they, saying you, from that perspective, I, I just don't see what Wara better. is going to provide for us that, uh, Pat Connaughton just fills the role better and just plays a more complete game and to me that's what we need we have Giannis we have Drew we have Middleton we have these guys who we want to have the ball in their hands and score points for us so for me I, I just okay. I think it's Pat Connaughton I really yeah. do
0: Okay. Okay. So, so, so Jake, you're looking for somebody to be more of a fit or role kind of player. G, you're looking for somebody that's going to actually impact the game. Zach, what are you looking for? Pat versus war? What you got, man? Yeah. So I, I agree with a little bit of both at these ends. Um,
3: I think the biggest thing is obviously you want someone who's going to make an impact in the playoffs, but I don't think really either of these guys were really talking about playoff series here. Cause I think, by the rotation these both these guys really won't crack that but like regular season wise I think a lot of these answers we can't really even see until Nora does get a chance in a game with like an actual matchup with the starters instead of these games where he's he's dropped these 20 point games with no one else playing so it really is his show so we can't really see how he's going to fit with Drew, Chris, and Giannis on the floor with him so I think that's the only thing where I don't I'm not a true strong believer in Connington, but I know his chemistry is going to be better with those guys right now than, like you were saying, Nora might take away some offense from those guys. But the thing what I like about his offense is teams right now are basically, yes, Connington's shooting 39% from three, but a lot of those teams are just living with him making a three once in a while. He's got pretty open looks, and I think if you put more of like a, even Forbes or someone that's more respected at the three-point line and that you actually have some attention outside of Drew, Chris, and Giannis, it'll open up more things for them. So even if Nora's not averaging 20 a game, because we haven't seen that yet, but he at least has the respect on the offensive end to draw some attention away from your big three, I think that could make more of an impact on the offensive end than teams just living with Connington making one or two threes a game.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree um with i'm taking a little bit from jake i'm gonna take a little bit from g and a little bit from zach because i i do believe now i do think pat can play i'm not gonna say that he's he just shouldn't get minutes right. i believe pat can play but if we're playing somebody elite he can't play um now that is defensively Wara is not good he's he's suspect you know and but to G's point, Pat's been here three years, and his high is twenty points. Six and, and it's 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 a little like unsettling because I didn't know that I, I didn't know that um, Wara in two games outscored Pat career high since he's been with us. Like that's that's crazy. That's a that's a crazy stat, and I know. Jake, you were saying pretty much, oh, um, War hasn't really played meaningful minutes. Um, but he did play against the Knicks, and the Knicks had their full team. The Knicks is a playoff team right now. Um, and he's put up, what, was it 24 points?
1: 24, so, yeah.
0: I mean, <clears throat> it's something to say with both. I, I I don't want War taking a lot of uh, – I don't want War taking – a good portion of Pat's minutes, but I think he, he can take some of it. I mean, and, and, and that's dude. what I'm
1: saying. I'm not saying that either. Like, you know, I'm, I'm be, I'm be realistic. Of course, Pat is going to, you know, get some valuable minutes and stuff, but I, like in the regular season, I feel as if that we should give this guy a chance, you know, especially in the regular season. Cause none of this, none of this really, we need to, we need to get these guys ready, you know, ready for the future. And if they don't really get because these guys, we threw them in a G League, you know, and these guys they just absolutely destroyed in the G League, you know. Right. But we knew they can do that. Yeah. But I want them to do that in the NBA. And we got guys like Pat Connington that's playing 30 minutes a game. You know, that kind of that give that something to the rookies. Like we we know what Pat can do. 23, but he plays a lot a lot of like 30 I mean, minute does, games. He does play an average. Yeah, he he a plays a lot, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know, so let's give let's give more of these guys a more chance because to me, the regular season who cares in the regular season anyway? I just want I just want to see our our guys develop.
0: Yeah. And the thing with Wara, um, you know, he he is scoring at a high rate. He is a volume guy. He's a volume uh, guy. Yeah. yeah, he's a volume guy. Uh, we already know his defense is suspect. But there was one thing that I thought he was missing offensively. And um, I think – I think I forget who it was. I think it was Billy Bean on Twitter. And she was pretty much like she needs him to be a little bit more strong with the ball and stuff like that. So um, – I did like that take. I, I do think he needs to be a little bit more strong with the ball, too. Um, so let's go ahead and go to the next question. Is Chris Middleton top 15 in the East right now? Jake, I'm going to start with you on this one. Is Chris Middleton top 15 in the East?
2: Yes, but barely. Um, I, oh, I took a okay. took a, a, a look at the the players in the East here, and for me, he's right around that – zach levine simmons and westbrook tier and i've got pretty much all those guys over him but for me you know we've you know you've got the mbs the Giannis. i think drew is a better player than middleton uh harden kd i mean you name it but for me he's he's right at the bottom uh in terms of top 15 in the east now did i think he deserved to be an all-star this year no, I didn't. Um, there's 12 in the All-Star game, not 15. So I think he was right outside that range. And especially in a year where the Bucks didn't have the best uh, regular season record. And there was a little bit of voter fatigue in general with the Bucks in terms of, I mean, Giannis MVP, obviously, and in terms of Middleton being an all-star. So we didn't have to have two all-stars this year. Like the prior two years, we did. And for me, I think he was clearly deserving of an all-star bid last year. I think that was probably his best season. The year before that, you could go back and forth. It was definitely that, oh, look at the Bucks; They're number one seed. We didn't see this coming. Right. Uh, Middleton is is you know their second best player. Um, so that's where he got that bit, in my opinion. But I think he is top 15 in the East, but just barely.
0: Just barely. Yeah. Okay, G, what you got? Is, is Middleton top 15 <laughs> in the East or not, man? I know you got your book with you. What are what we, what we looking at? Top 15? He, according,
1: <laughs> according to my list, he is not.
0: Okay. It's arg- it's
1: an, you can make an argument for it, for him being at that 15th spot, but let me tell you all the players that I have above him. And this is this is my list, all right? Go ahead. Giannis, KD, Joel, Harden, Kyrie, Bradley Bill, Zach Levine, Russell Westbrook, Trey Young, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler. Ah. Jalen Brown, bro. JB's up there, man. You can't do that. Ah. You can't do that. Jimmy Butler's up there, man. I can't. I can't wait to. I can't wait to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meet I, meet I meet. give you Jimmy Butler.
0: It. It's it's the Jalen Brown for me right now. But I'm a, I'm gonna let you continue. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is better.
1: Jalen Brown is better. That
0: that's just like the stats prove up. The guy's better. I can't. He's give, better. I can't. Like, you, I can't give God. you that one right now. But but what? Who else was on your list? I,
1: I, I, I got Vucevic I got Drew, you know, this is when it kind of picked, but you know, you guys, I said this all without Ben Simmons being in the top 15 and, and on other people's list, he's at top 15, which on my list, I don't think he is, but you know, you can put Chris there, but you can also put guys like Malcolm Brogdon. You could put Julius Randall there. You can put, you can put Colin Sexton. The kid is averaging 24
0: points per game. I give you, I give you Julius Randle because you can make arguments
1: for this thing.
0: Yeah, for this guy, that's the issue. Yeah, Julius Randle is averaging like MVP numbers, honestly. Um, But I, I'm so he barely makes that 15 spot. Like Jake
1: said for me, he barely makes that 15 spot. But for me, it's an argument. I don't put him in my 15. But if you want to argue for that, I'm not gonna argue with you because now we're just playing playing right. a game
0: here so yeah, like I you know
1: you. but it's he's barely making that 15 spot for
0: me so so he's not in your top 15 in the East. no
1: not in my personal top 15
0: okay top twenty. yes zach what you yeah. what you feeling is he top 15 for, to you no, I don't think he is. I think he might have been in maybe the last year or two years ago, um,
3: with just being the number two option. Um, and this year, kind of falling off to be in that three option. So it's hard to hard to kind of see based off just stats because he kind of has taken a backseat to being that three option behind Drew Holiday this year. But I would say, just from the list he just gave us right there, I agree you could make an argument for it. But at that point, you could almost make an argument that he almost fell down to twenty on that list this year, um, just with some of those right, other guys right. like Rand- with Randall and. Rusevich and all those other guys for being the third option outside of the Nets. There isn't many teams where you're going to say their third option is a top 20 player in the NBA. So I think, I think he's not, he's for sure not top 15, but I could almost argue that he's almost down to that 20 range this year, just because he has kind of taken the backseat as a third option.
0: Okay, so we, we are all in agreements on this one. I can't give I can't give Middleton top fifteen. I mean but I, what what
2: about this guys? What so for me I'm kinda looking at not just this season, but you know, more totality in their career, not maybe the early years, but like a Julius Randle, Colin Sexton, perfect example of what I'm about to say. Like they they more so blew up this year. Like Middleton has been, he is a two-time all-star. Granted, the things I said earlier about, you know, maybe him not being super deserving that first year, but he's still a two-time all-star. He has playoff experience. He's carried the Bucks in playoff games against Boston, against Miami in game four. So for me, I think you got to look at it from a more broader perspective. So that's why I've got Guy, uh, Middleton over, a lot of those guys that G pointed at the end, like like Sexton, Randall, Vucevic, even. Um, so that's kind of where I'm coming from.
0: Yeah, I can't, I can't give him, I can't give him Sexton, but I can't give him Sexton and Jalen Brown. But I mean, it's come as, on, man. I got Jalen Brown over 24. Middleton
2: easy for me. Huh?
0: Yeah, I mean, Jalen Brown's a baller, 24. man. You're missing out. <laughs> yeah, I know he, you know he, he's been balling, but. As far as, like, the whole body of work, you know, I I I'm, i am can't go there with, with Sexton. Um, oh, oh, with Sexton, okay. With Sexton. Okay, I thought you were with talking Sexton. about
1: Brown. Yeah, think- yeah, but, you know, Sexton is a new kid, you know, coming up, really. It was his yeah. second year or something like that. So, you know, that's why I was, like, giving him more credit. You know, Chris has been doing this for nine years. Yeah. So it's like you got to start giving these guys that that's been here for four or five years, you know, that's continuously yeah. getting better. So that's that's all I you know, like cause we didn't even say Kyle Lowry too. Like, even though his numbers have reduced, but like you gotta admit Kyle Lowry is a baller, man. Like
0: he, yeah, I he can't, is like I can't say an impactful player. I can't say Middleton is better than Kyle Lowry, though. That's that's something that's that's my personal. Thing. I can't say okay. Middleton, and I, I can't give Kyle Lowry that. I can't it's arguable with Jalen Brown, though. I, that's that's an argument I'm I'm willing to have. Um, so with Is it an argument of, with Ben Simmons? No, no, no. I, I don't like Ben Simmons. I don't like okay. his game. <laughs> I'm glad so, we're on like, the same page. If you ask me anything about Ben Simmons, I'm going to say no. He's not better than anybody. Um, so with all of us saying this about Chris, he's not top 15, or he barely makes the top 15, do we think he's overpaid? Zach, I'm going to start with you. Is, is, is Middleton overpaid? I know we, we talked about this before.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's borderline. But I think to a point I've seen before, too, is it's just something the Bucks have to do. They're not a big market team. They're a small market. So they got, when they get these guys, they got to keep them. And it's just a sacrifice you got to take. And I think if Middleton's in a different situation and he's not behind Giannis and Drew holiday i think his stats might look a little bit better and might convince more people to put him into that top 15 so payment wise i think is just something the bucks need to do because they're not going to be a huge attraction come free agency to come think they're just going to come sign one of the top three agents that are in these top 15 so i think it's the safe and smart play for the bucks that to give him his money get him to stay and i think they have those three now signed through 2023 or 2024 or something like that so i think it's what the Bucks need to do and I think I mean like we were saying he's been an all-star the last two years and I think he's the money he's getting paid is all-star money so I think he is deserving of it
0: okay so G what do you think I'm gonna I'm go with you is, is Chris Middleton overpaid now you can um, have him in your top 15 in the East He he is
1: overpaid but I completely understand why we did it though we kind of we were stuck in a situation where we kind of had no choice but to sign him. Yes, Middleton irritates me like the next man. Yes, I I completely understand it. Yes, he's under overpaid to to simply say that. Yes, but he still averages twenty points a game. You can't just like not. You can't just let that walk. Right. You know, you can't. You 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 had no choice. So you know, he's still an asset to a team. Like he's. You can trade Chris Middleton for somebody good and he'd be a big asset. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, I would pay for that. I would pay for that.
0: Okay. So, G, you're saying he's overpaid. Jake, what do you think? Is is Middleton overpaid? I agree with both
2: Zach and G there. Um, I think the Bucks had no choice, right? I mean, look at uh, Tobias Harris in Philly, for example. Very similar uh, stat lines. And, you know, that he's got a max contract as well. I believe it's the same as Chris Middleton. So it's just, yeah, we're a small market team. We've got to keep the talent around us. We're going to get worse if we lost Chris Middleton in that free agency. And when you have Giannis, a a two-time MVP, you've got to keep his best players around him. So, yeah, logically, he is overpaid. I, I don't, I can't not say that, but I mean, like, like G said, 20 points per game, 46% from the field this season, 43% from three, six boards a game, five and a half assists. I mean, those numbers aren't anything to sneeze at. And, and especially what Zach was saying too, like Sexton on Cleveland, like he's their guy, like he's going to have more opportunities to score. Middleton is now the third option putting up those numbers. That's pretty solid. So for me, logically yes he's overpaid but the bucks had to do it to to stay relevant in the championship conversation
0: yeah I think right we're not mad at that right right i I think with middleton I don't think he's overpaid for the simple pack fact like Players are making more money, you know, and I think that that's his market. Gee, I know you don't really care about the 50, 40, 90, but but it means something in the NBA. Like, right, right. 20 points, 50, 40, 90. I think that's the market for that kind of player. So um, let me ask you this. Since there's a couple of people here, I think it was you, Jake, and I believe Zach, you said that Middleton is the third option. So let me ask y'all this question. Are we taking, in our backcourt, who will we like? CP3 and Drew Holiday or Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton? G, I'm starting with you on that one.
1: Shout out to my boy, Obi, on What the Buck. (laughs) He made me see the light of the day, man. CP3 and Drew. Okay. CP3 and Drew. I mean, CP3's impact is undeniable. It's undeniable. So, like, man and it's hard for me to do this like but the guy has proven i i say i'm just gonna put like this, CP, the cp cp
0: and, and drew okay jake who are yeah. you who yeah. are you rolling with cp3 and drew or are you rolling with who we have now drew and middleton
2: oh man i i think i'm gonna go with, with cp3 and drew as well it's okay. it's really hard To to say because for me it's tough because like I really like Drew running the offense and having a Chris Paul like he almost has to run the offense that he's playing on so having Drew play off the ball I I just I'm not sure if you know like we Middleton is is best off the ball clearly in my opinion and I don't know if Drew could. could play the role as well as Middleton just from that perspective. So it's risky, but like G said, I mean, every team Chris Paul goes to they win in the regular season, at least, obviously he has not made the finals in his career, but either has Chris Middleton. So (laughs) for me, um, man, that's really tough. But the the fit is the one thing that I'm like hesitant to just fully say drew and CP three for me, it's, like I've seen Middleton and Drew and, and, and they've played really well. So gosh, that's yeah. so tough. But I, I'm gonna go with my gut and, and say CP three and Drew.
0: Okay, so let me ask you this. So we talked we said a lot of we said Chris Middleton isn't in our top fifteen or he's barely in the top fifteen. We're saying that he's overpaid. Uh well I didn't say that, but y'all said that. Um and you would rather see CP three on the team than Middleton. So in the offseason, if we don't win the championship or if we win the championship, do we trade Chris Middleton? Jake, I'm starting with you on this one.
2: I'm going to say no. Um, it, it's, for me, it's going to be hard to get fair value for Chris so wait, Middleton. So wait,
0: if we, if, we, if we win the championship, you say, tra- you say don't trade it.
2: If we win the championship, yes, do not trade him. if and we, if do we not, won't
0: win the championship, yeah. then what are you saying?
2: I say we keep him. Um, for me, it's just going to be tough to to get fair value for him. I mean, clearly, teams are going to know why we're trying to trade Chris Middleton, right? And it's like, who are you going to get for him? That's the thing. Like, It's hard in the NBA to make those player-for-player trades, like a Westbrook-for- uh, Chris Paul trade. I mean, those are, are far and few between. So a lot of times when you're trading assets, you're getting more younger players, draft capital, that sort of thing. And the Bucks, that's not really what they're looking for. I mean, unless it's a really nice looking young player, but that's going to be a big risk. For, it's probably going to be a guy who isn't very proven yet. So I just I think you got to ride it out with the core that we have and I they can win a title to me. And this is something that I always go back to. It's like in 2019, we were so close to winning a title with Giannis, Middleton and Bledsoe. Yeah. So close. We didn't make it, but man, if we win that game 3, that double overtime game in Toronto, like I just can't see them losing when they're up 3-0 four straight games. I know they did lose four straight games, but yeah it's different, man. It really is. Like, I think they, they end up taking that series and then obviously golden state had some injury issues. So who knows if clay would have got hurt. He got hurt, you know, in that uh, I think it was game five or six. Um, And then KD came back a little too early and got hurt. So obviously we don't know what have happened there, but I always go back to that in terms of like, we were so close to winning a title with Bledsoe. Without Drew Holiday and Drew Holiday is significantly better than Eric Bledsoe, in my opinion. So I, I think I mean, yeah, Chris Middleton, he's inconsistent, but I just don't think you're going to get fair value for him. Okay. So I say we got to keep him.
0: So you're saying ride him out when loser draw. We we ride out Middleton. G, what do you think? If we win I'm the championship, to, are we keeping Middleton or should we? I'm going to
1: um, disagree with Jake. Win the championship, we can we can do whatever. I only I'm only here for the championship, man. Um, if we lose, we have we have to at least test the market and see what we can get for Chris Middleton. We right. you know we all of us have this thing this attachment to Chris Middleton because he's been here through the struggles through like you know through the worst of the Milwaukee Bucks that 15 win season buck You yeah. know what I'm saying? And he's developed into the player that he is now today. So, um, and I agree with Jake on, you know, the simple fact of like that Toronto series, if we would have won that, you know, things would be a little bit different. I, I, you have to, you have to, you have to go like, sorry, Middleton, you got, you got to go. We did the best we can. We, we gave you eight seasons, man. Eight seasons, man.
0: Yeah. I know me and Zach had answered this question already. I, I say, if we, If we make the finals, win the finals, you got to keep them. But if not, we got to test that market. We got to see what it's like. Um, But this is a new segment since What the Buck podcast, you know, um, they do something called Fireball Offense, right? So I'm going to ask five questions, and you let me know. Now, now this is rapid, though. Zach, I'm going to start with you on this one. So it's called Fireball Offense. So I'm going to say something and then you let me know, is this a fireable offense or not? So, so Zach, I'm starting with you. Playing Bryn 25 minutes in the playoffs, is that a fireable offense?
3: No, he should not be getting 25 minutes a game in the
0: playoffs. Okay, so that's a fireable offense. All right, so, G, playing Bryn 25 minutes in the game, is that a fireball offense to you? No, no, it's not a fireball offense. You're saying, he- OK, OK, Jake, playing shooters, Brent, here, Jake, playing Brent, 25 minutes. What you saying? Fireball offense or no? Yes, I'm saying fireball. Offense. <laughs> OK, <laughs> okay. so I got another question, Jake. I'm going to start with you on this one. Playing Chris Middleton in the playoffs, playing Chris Middleton more minutes than Drew Holiday. Is that a fireball offense or no? Yes. Yes, it is a fireball offense. He should get fired. G, what you think? Yeah. Yep. Zach, what you think? Yep. Yep. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I agree with that one, too. I agree with that one, too. Okay. uh, G, I'm going to start with you on this one. Having Giannis on the perimeter all game, is that a fireball offense or not? Man, that's a tough one. I don't think it's a fireable offense. You, so you are saying no? We should keep. It's okay to keep Giannis on the perimeter.
1: When it when it comes to Giannis, you got to live or die with Giannis. So whether if he's on the perimeter or in a paint, you got to live or die with it. So I'm
0: I'm fine with
1: it. It's not okay. fireable.
0: I'm saying that's a fireball offense. I need him in the post, Jake. What do you think? Having Giannis?
1: Oh,
0: oh, you meant on the offensive end? Of yeah, in the offensive end. Of
1: Oh no! Oh, yes, fireball offense, please. Oh, okay. Yes, keep them okay. in the paint.
0: My bad. Not I thought bad. you were talking about defensively. That's my that's my <laughs> no. fault. That's that's my fault. Oh no, yeah.
1: Oh, definitely. On the offense. fireball fence. <laughs> on the offense. Stop! Stop sitting at the three point line. Yes. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay, Jake. What do you think? Having Giannis on the perimeter all game offensively. Absolutely fireball offense. Absolutely. Okay, Zach. What do you think?
3: Yep, absolutely. I think that's the reason right there why Toronto can do that wall defense and then Miami can do it is because they know exactly what he's going to do every time. So you got to throw him different options. If he's doing that all game long, yep. it's never going to work.
0: Okay, now this is my last one. Keeping Lopez into close games in the playoffs. So he's in the closing lineup. Jake, what do you think? Fireball offense or no?
2: It's yes and no, really. I mean, against a Philly, I think – yeah, he's going to be valuable against a Joel Embiid, but against a Brooklyn, it is a fireball offense. P.J. Tucker should be playing that role. So for me, you got to put in perspective. I can't say one way or the other unless it it depends on the matchup for me. And I I don't want to be in the middle, but that's where I'm at.
0: That's a good point. That's a great point. I was hoping somebody would hit that because I had the same thing. This is only fireball if, like, if we're playing like the Nets, but it's not a fireball if we're playing, um, like you said, in B. So, G, what do you think? Keeping Lopez the I completely agree. Yep, I
1: completely agree. That would have been the same answer for me. It's like when it comes to the Eastern Conference, it's all lineups for the Milwaukee Bucks. It's all situational. Getting rid of Torrey Craig for me hurt because the lineup, because he plays well. I feel as if that he would have been a great perimeter defender against uh So, it just, it's situational, man.
0: Okay. So, Zach, what do you think? Keeping Lopez to close games? Yeah, I agree with you guys.
3: And I think it goes even further than just playing him to close games. When you're playing Miami or Brooklyn, really Lopez shouldn't even be seen on the floor. He's just going to get exposed defensively every single time. He's too slow compared to the other team's matchups. So, not even down the stretch, there's times where maybe he shouldn't even be playing minutes against some of these teams when they're basically playing small ball lineups the entire game.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Um, so that brings me, you know, that concludes our fireball offense. We had to do that, you know, for the, what the yeah. podcast to <laughs> like that. Um, so Jake, I'm going to start with you on this next question. Who do you think will be better in the playoffs? Drew holiday, Giannis, or Chris Middleton. If we're talking
2: best, it's got to be Giannis. I mean, two-time reigning MVP. I mean, he's got to lead this team if we want to make the finals. So for me, it's got to be Giannis. I think Drew could be more consistent game to game, but Giannis has to be our best player if we want to make the finals. I mean, he runs this team I mean, he's the heart and soul of this team. I mean, we've seen him you know, disappoint somewhat in the two playoff series that we lost. When we're talking Giannis, I mean, against the Heat, 22 points per game. I mean, 11 boards, five assists, 53% from the free throw line. That's not going to get it done. Um, 50% from the field. Yeah, we'll take that for sure. But again, similar situation in Toronto, 22 points per game, 13 boards, five assists, Forty-four percent from the field, eh, not not great. Could be a little better. But fifty-eight percent from the free throw line. That not going to get it done. So, and clearly we didn't get it done in those series. And I think the free throw thing is huge late in the fourth quarters. I mean, we, he's got to make those free throws teams. Aren't afraid to follow him. He's obviously trying to get to the pain and score. And even now that he's shooting, you know, that mid 70% from the last half of the games, he obviously started rough from the free throw line this year, but he really found his rhythm. You can tell just in his routine that he's taking in his free throws, he definitely found a rhythm. So but still, teams aren't going to trust that. So he's got to knock them down in the playoffs. So for me, I mean, it's got to be Giannis. He, he's the two-time reigning MVP. He, he's got to lead this team to a finals berth if we want to get there.
0: So you're saying it got to be Giannis. So it has to be Giannis. But who do you think it's going to be?
2: I think it will be honest, you know, okay. I, I trust him, you know, like he, okay. this is, he's got Drew Holiday around him now. He doesn't have the erratic Eric Bledsoe of the past two <laughs> post seasons. I love Bledsoe. I'm not trying to rip on him right. uh, so much, but we all know that he was a major detriment to this team in the last two playoff runs. So, yeah. I mean, I hate to rip on the guy so much, but I, I almost have to in a way. So okay. yeah, I think yeah. we've got, this to me this is the best bucks team we've had in, in the last three years you could go back to that 2019 team with brogdon um but i think the drew upgrade over Bledsoe just trumps that in itself and i really like the role players we have uh with bobby porris tucker and, and teague and, and those guys so yeah i think Giannis he's gonna get it done this playoffs i really do
0: Okay, I, I like that confidence. I like that confidence. So, Zach, who do you think is going to be the best throughout the playoffs? Drew, Giannis, or Chris?
3: I think – I agree with Jay. I think the best has to be Giannis, and if he's not the best player on the court, the Bucks are not winning. Um, but I think most consistent throughout the playoffs, it's got to be Drew Holiday because Giannis is going to get thrown different defenses at him, night in, play after play. He's going to be seeing so many different things where I think Drew needs to take over the game to control that and get Giannis comfortable. And basically, Drew needs to run the offense. Giannis is going to put up his stats, but I think it's Drew's job to control the offense and take over the game. Giannis will be the best player, but I think it's got to be Drew to be the most consistent throughout the series because if Drew's not able to do what Drew does, it's going to make things 10 times harder for Giannis to be able to do what Giannis does. So I think it falls falls back on Drew.
0: Okay, okay. So, G, what, what you feeling on that one? Um, I, I agree. I agree with
1: uh, Jake. Um, Giannis has to be that guy. But I'm interested to see what Drew brings. I mean, Drew, he was a monster in the playoffs in New Orleans. I mean, 38-point games. I mean, yep. you know, so I'm looking for him to be the most consistent Because that frees up space for, like Jake is saying, for, like, Giannis to do his thing. Giannis really hasn't been able to do his thing because we know what to do against Giannis. Yep. Like, you know, we know how to stop him. Because, like, the other players around Giannis can't keep it consistent enough, point to where all you got to do is collapse on Giannis, and everyone else can be inconsistent from three, and there's no accountability with them. It's always all on Giannis. And I feel like Drew has to be that consistent piece for Giannis to be the main guy. So that's my answer. I, I go Drew Holiday, but I agree with Jake. But Drew Holiday's success also depends on Giannis's, you know, dominance in the playoffs. Right, he right. can only be dominant if Drew is Drew is really good. So I'm right. I'm in between Zach and Jake on this one.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. So Jake, you had Giannis, um G, you're kind of in between, but you're leaning more towards Drew um zach you had drew was it drew i believe
3: yep Drew it
0: yeah um so i'm gonna i i like jake's argument on this one um I, I think Giannis will be the best throughout the playoff and i think this is the year that Giannis gets over that hump yeah so yeah so I'm, so I'm for I'm, that i'm with you on that one jake um so the bucks they recently um or they were supposed to work out joe johnson G, do you think we should get Joe Johnson? Then we can add baby Joe Johnson and Joe Johnson. (laughs) So baby Joe Johnson, for those who don't know, is that's Chris Middleton's nickname. And I learned that from listening to the What the Buck podcast. So should we we go ahead and get Joe Johnson? G, what you think?
1: I would love that only for that reasoning and that reasoning (laughs) though, is to have baby Joe Johnson and Joe Johnson on the same team. But other than that, I feel like it does nothing. Um, yeah, it, it's it's like we get him. okay. We don't, okay. You're just filling a roster spot, you know. Right. It, it does. I don't think he'll ever play. Right. You know, if he does come on this thing, I don't want to waste anybody's time. So, I mean, I yeah. rather we not. But if we do, it's like, uh, eh, okay.
0: Yeah. So you're saying no to Joe Johnson, okay, Jake? What yeah. do you think? You, you think we should get Joe Johnson or no?
1: absolutely
2: not um, <laughs> for me it just doesn't make sense like like g said he i don't want him playing in the regular season taking minutes away from a, a you know g's guy jordan wara even i'd rather have a guy who has upside get some of those fringe regular season minutes than than a 39 year old joe johnson who's been out of the league for 3 seasons and played inefficient basketball in his last season uh, in the 2017 18 season with the jazz and the rockets. So, and, and another thing is that sometimes signing these guys is just to get a leader in the locker room, a guy with playoff experience, but Joe Johnson doesn't have a lot of playoff experience. So yeah. for me, it just doesn't make sense at all. I mean, yeah, to fill the roster spot. Sure. Like that's fine. But like, I don't think we even need to fill that spot. I just, I, I really don't. So for me, it just it just doesn't make sense. So I, I'm a I'm a hard pass on that one.
0: You're a hard pass on Joe Johnson. Zach, what do you think? Is it is it a hard pass for you too? Yeah, hard pass. <laughs> I think to
3: both their points, you have young guys that need to get these minutes. He's not Joe Johnson's not going to play in the playoffs anyway. So why bring in? Apologize if he's not this old, but, but why bring in a 40 year old veteran to come and take some of these guys' minutes who could be developing for the future years for the Bucks? and I think I heard someone say it too, if, if you're, there is no contender in the league looking to sign a 40-year-old veteran to come in and make an impact. If he's going to make an impact on your team, if he's going to make an impact on your team, you're not a contender. Right. So I don't think, I don't think there's any, any question that they should go out and get him. Obviously, maybe, like you were saying, if he has like the locker room impact and like for the young guys, maybe lead some guys in the playoffs, but actual playing minutes, you're not a contender if you're looking to have this guy come in and make an impact for you in the playoffs,
0: right? And I, I mean, I don't think we should sign Joe Johnson, but I think that somebody I was looking on Twitter and somebody said something about like a Eudonis Haslam kind of role, and um, yeah. But Jake kind of just defeated that whole argument because he said yeah. Joe Johnson hasn't really been in the playoffs, so. And it's different
1: for Udonis because Udonis has been a heat forever. So, you know, you know, so by default, he can get
0: that spot. But, you know. (laughs) Right, right, right. So I think Joe can still play, but I don't I don't really want him on the team. Like y'all was saying, I I don't I don't see the the point in that. Um, Zach, do you think Bud is stunning, stunting the uh, rookies growth by not playing them?
3: Um, it's hard to see from the outside. Obviously we don't know what goes on in practice and all that stuff. Um, but I think it's, it would be beneficial to see him play. I think otherwise, obviously you have to focus on the, now you're a contender. You want to win now, focus on those guys. But at the same time you had, like they were saying, like dominating players in the G league. I'm pretty sure. The Bucks G league team won the finals. They had the like kind of a combination of a team, but that team won. Mamadi was, Dominant, is dominant, all these guys dominate when they've played. Nora's dropped over twenty a game when he's played. I think giving them minutes is not going to hurt the Bucks in the long run for this season. They're going to be a top three team in the East, regardless of if they play or not. And I don't think there's that drastic of a drop off from putting those guys in rather than a Connington for so many minutes. So then when the time does come, they're comfortable playing a role and being able to play at the pace of an NBA game is played. Because NBA is still a lot different than what a G League game is going to be like. There's a huge jump from college and overseas to G League, and then an even bigger jump from the G League to the NBA. So I don't think they're going to get that true experience, and you're going to be able to judge them until they do get a solid 10 to 15 minutes instead of just like two minutes in garbage time. So I think, yes, you do have
0: to play them. Okay, so you think Bud is stunting their growth? Yep. Okay. Okay. G, what do you think? You think, um, you think Bud is stunting the growth not playing these rookies?
1: Absolutely. But I will say, um, I understand it because, you know, they're rookies and they need to develop and stuff. But, you know, when we have so many minutes out there that we can use, we can use that to develop our rookies. Like Zach was saying, Um, when it comes to like these pointless games Mm-hmm. I, I just want to see these guys play more. That's it. You know, it's not about them playing in the playoffs or anything like that. I'm not. I'm not saying let's just be erratic here, but right. You know, one thing I've noticed about these rookies, like let's let's say overall spectrum of these rookies, these rookies are more talented than probably they're, they're more ready than ever than any other rookies in past seasons. That's a fair You know, point. you got. Anthony Edwards you know over there balling you got LaMelo, they ready to play they're here yeah. and ready to play so I'm just like hey can we at least push you know Nawara, Merrill and dekite into some more just at least six seven minutes a game can we can yeah. we can we do that on a consistent basis every single game can we put them in when they see a guy like you know you know like like not like a LeBron or anything, but like, can we get them in where where the NBA where it matters? Yeah, where the NBA matters. Putting them in a G League is not going to do anything because they just destroy those guys. So <laughs> I would say stunning, but I I understand from <laughs> I, I I understand from Bud's point of view. You know, you want to get these get these guys, but – yeah,
0: I I say yes for sure. Okay, but okay. I understand. Jake, what do you think?
2: I'm gonna disagree here. Um, you know, I, I agree on some of some of each of you guys' points, but you know, we're we're a contender. We gotta win games. Like I get that we want to get some of these guys some minutes, but we can't play everyone on the team. You know, you can't run a fifteen deep team. You gotta play the guys who are gonna give you the best chance to win, in my opinion. And and I think Bud has Of changed his ways a little bit. We've seen Wara come in for little five ish minute stretches in games where we've got like a nice little 10 point lead, second quarter, something like that. And I'm fine with that if it's just one guy, but like what G said about. The rookies being ready, like you're talking the number one pick in Anthony Edwards, number three pick in LaMelo Ball. Yeah. Jordan Wara is a mid round, second round pick. Sam Merrill is the last pick in the draft. Like that, that's a lot different, in my opinion. Um, so we've got a contender. And I don't think the regular season is just something to not care about. Like this is a this is a year, and I keep saying this on my podcast a lot, that the one seed would really be beneficial from a playoff perspective. Trying to avoid a Philly and a Brooklyn in the second round would be huge. You know, we could easily get knocked out in the second round by one of those teams. And then, uh, you know, everything breaks loose, fire bud chants are coming. And I'm not saying I wouldn't want that to happen. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just going to provide a lot of turmoil. So for me, like, we've got a lot of good players on this team that deserve the minutes that they're getting. And I just... I, you can't play everyone. Like, it's just not going to work. How can you play 15 players on a contending team? It's, you just can't do that. So for me, no, I don't think that that is something their growth and they're young guys. It's not this year. You don't have to decide if they're good this year. You've got time to develop them. They've got valuable practice practices with the team that, that they're participating in and, you know, injuries happen. So they're going to get some opportunities at some point from that perspective. So, you know, for me, they've got time to develop. So I just, I think we finally have that contending team that we've all wanted. We saw the, the rough days of the Bucks in, in years past and we've got that team. So I think we've got to play the players who give us the best chance to win. So I'm going to say, no, I don't think he's stunting the, the young players okay, growth.
0: Okay, okay. So Jake, that was a good point from you. Um, when G was bringing up, hey, you know, we're talking about the number one pick in the draft. We're talking about number three pick in the draft. Um, and Laura was a mid round, uh, second, second, second round mid pick, and Sam was the last pick. Um, but do you think that Laura and Miro is ready to play?
2: Uh, somewhat, I mean, I on this team, I just don't think that they deserve minutes over the guys who are playing consistently um, what about like
0: what about like the six or seven minutes that G was saying like it was that like six or seven minutes in meaning
1: is getting more minutes than these guys I I get that but is giving more minutes like Pat Connaughton has a lot of minutes that's all I'm saying just give him more minutes
2: I I just don't think you hand out minutes to every player on the team though you just you just can't do that um so for me like every
1: player not every player
2: I get it but like you're you're making the case that all these guys should be sprinkling little minutes and I I just don't think that that can happen. You can't play 15 deep or or 13 deep even in my opinion. So, yeah, yeah. Thanasis, yeah, like I don't want to get into that debate right mm-hmm. now if we want to talk Thanasis, we can. I don't want to get too off topic. It's up to up to you guys here, but um I mean, and we all talked about Pat Connaughton earlier. I'm not going to restate my stance on him. But, yeah, you know, I just don't like five minutes. Yeah, that's fine for one of those guys, I think. But you can't give five minutes a game to Diakite, Merrill, and Wara. Like, it's just – I just don't so, think that ben, makes sense. Let me,
0: let me ask you this. I, I, I understand your point. You can't give minutes to all these guys. Like, it, it's just not possible. It's not enough minutes in the game. And you want to be a contender. But how do you grow these guys if you don't play them? How do you think? I you, I think you said something about practice.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, practice is very valuable, and we've heard things from from Giannis and and Middleton. There, Giannis has taken Dikite under his wing, watching film with him. That's very valuable, you know. And, and same with Chris, he's taken Wara under his under his wing, and, and you know, watching film with him, and, and they're really. Uh, good from a development perspective, really great leaders on this team. So, yeah, obviously game minutes are the best thing to develop players, but there's mm-hmm. so much more than just getting minutes. I mean, I- I'll go back to Thanasis. He's clearly improved this season. And how many minutes was he getting? None really last year he was getting no minutes it, only the garbage time minutes so clearly something happened from last year to this year and it that was not game minutes real valuable game minutes even um that that got caused him to improve so we see it right there with the sanasis so i really think that these guys they can improve we just got to give them a little bit of time
0: okay Okay, so you're saying like practice not so much. That's a good point with the NASA's. We didn't really see him, but he's improved a little bit. Yes, um, he he I mean has. It it's not. I made a
1: statement. I made a statement on my uh, what the bug <laughs> Obi's supposed to release it, and I, and I had to. I had to apologize. <laughs> you, you, you you you'll, you'll see it. Now. I had to apologize. I'm I'm a realistic guy when it comes to that. I, I I had to.
0: Okay, okay. So um, let's let's switch gears here. Um. Now, I think we're going to play the Nets in the let's just say we're going to play the Nets Eastern Conference Finals. Right. Who do we want to guard their three headed monster? Who do you want on Kyrie? Who do you want on James Harden? Who do you want on KD? Me and Zach had answered this question. I believe it was last episode or two episodes. Ago.
2: For me, I'm going to go with Drew Holiday on James Harden. I'm going to go with Dante on Kyrie and I'm going to go with PJ Tucker on Kevin Durant. And and here's why. So I really like Drew Holiday at the point of attack on the defense. So James Harden is their point guard. He's the one running the offense. So I really think Drew just sets the tone on defense when he's at that point of attack. And I think that he could be, you could change Tucker and Drew from KD and Harden. Because like, obviously, Tucker has played against Harden a lot. They were on the same team. He knows what he likes to do. So I could go back and forth there. But for me, I'm just going to go with my, my gut on Drew being at the point of attack on Harden. And when you're talking Kyrie, Dante, he... I think he's a pretty good defender. He's, he's pesty. He gets in those passing lanes. He can steal the ball. He's quick. He's athletic. And Kyrie is extremely athletic. I mean, he's going to burn anyone, even drew holiday from time to time. His handles are insane. So you got to just, and you don't want some of these other guys getting really tired, trying to guard Kyrie. So I think that Dante is perfect for that role. And then Tucker on KD, I, I love PJ Tucker, man. I really do. I think he's going to be extremely valuable for this team. He's a missing piece that we needed. And I think him on KD, just it just makes sense. He's, he's a dog on defense. He can guard. I mean, he was playing center for the Rockets last year. Yeah, he right. can guard bigger guys. And, and Kevin Durant, he's clearly got height on Tucker and Holiday. He's going to get his. It's just going to happen. So you can't just totally marginalized Kevin Durant. So I think you throw PJ Tucker on him. And and that's how I I would uh, go about defending the Brooklyn Nets.
0: Okay, so so you got Dante on Kyrie, you got Drew on Harden, and you got PJ on Kevin Durant. So no Giannis for you.
2: I think Giannis should take little spurts on Kevin Durant. You know, you can't have these guys in all the time. So I, I think yeah, Giannis should be guarding him at times. But our quote clo- for our closing lineup and we'll get to that, uh, I think that uh PJ Tucker should be on KD.
0: Okay. Okay. So G, who do
1: you got? I agree with everything Jake has just said. Um and the no reason why, because uh my instincts wants to say, okay, let's put Giannis against KD, I want to do that because you want the best guy guarding the best guy, but yeah. I look at that and I'm like man, I just can't imagine how many fouls they're going to call on Giannis, you know and it's going to put us in a bigger hole so I completely agree with him, I mean you you gotta put Drew on, on Harden, it just has to happen, you know, someone that can clearly stop him, because you remember when Blesso was here Blesso would stop Harden, yeah. like you know, in his tracks you know what I'm saying? So yep. you have to do that, and I don't see Devin Chenzo stopping Harden. Um, and but DJ, but Dante is a really good defender, and he is a fast guy that can move left to right. So I could see him guarding Kyrie Irving. But regardless, Kyrie Irving's gonna cook. So you know, you you know, it, I can't see anybody else like PJ Tucker, or you know, I I just can't see anyone else guarding him one on one. Yeah. So we we gotta we gotta live with. You know, I completely agree with Jake on this
0: one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, see, my lineup was a little bit different um, than y'all's. I had Drew on Kevin Durant. Now, let me tell you why I, I had, like that know, too. I like Drew that too. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant has said that Drew is the best wing defender. So, with already Drew, in his head. Yep. So, with Drew being the best wing defender, that means in the past he has given him some problems. So yeah, let's let Drew give KD those problems. Now I have PJ Tucker on um, uh, PJ Tucker on James Harden. They played together in Houston. I'm pretty sure he's guarded him a million times. He knows what he likes to do. And then I'm just gonna leave. I mean, it's sad because I like Dante, but I need him to go get his workout with uh, Kyrie Irving. So. Um, and like you were saying, G, he is shifty, you know, he does have a lot of energy, like uh Jake was saying too. Um, but G, I, I like when you said about the Giannis and the foul trouble. I, I don't a lot of people were saying, Hey, you know, K D and Giannis needs to, you know, go but I think K D might get him get him in a little bit of foul. In trouble.
1: big foul trouble, man. That's that's the biggest issue, especially in the playoffs. You know, when Giannis gets in foul trouble, we're in trouble. You know, so we have to avoid it. It's not about, you know, um super vo- superstar versus superstar. No, it's about how do we win the game. And I feel as if that's the only option. That's a good and point.
2: even that too, like Giannis is great as an off-the-ball defender as well. Absolutely. So for me, I really like to see Giannis just kind of lurking around there. You know, he's gonna have to double some of these guys at times. He's gonna be helping on Kevin Durant, Kyrie and Harden. It's just yep. gonna happen. They're three of the best what, 10 guys in the league, probably. So, I mean, it one of them is going to cook uh, no matter what. So you just right. got to try and marginalize it a little bit. So for me, Giannis just kind of lurking around there, getting those block shots, just getting, helping guys on the double teams. I think that's where he really sticks
0: out. Okay, so um, let's go ahead and switch gears here. So I got, well, this is going to be my last Bucks question. Who should our closing lineups be?
3: A lot of this comes down to, like you guys were saying, on the defensive end too, if if DiVincenzo can hold his own on Kyrie and he's – if if this is against Brooklyn, if he can hold his own defensively against this big three, I think you'd have to keep him in. But if he's not like your lifesaver on defense regarding the perimeter, I would like to see obviously Drew Chris and Giannis and then P.J. Tucker and Bobby Portis down the stretch.
0: Hmm. Okay. Okay, so you're saying if we're guarding Phil, uh, the Nets?
3: Yeah, if we're go- if you're guarding the Nets, and like you guys were saying, it looks like probably Dante is going to be the one guarding Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't want Portis out there on him, or I preferably <laughs> wouldn't even want Middleton on him, just so he's not getting worked on the defensive end and just exhausted by the time he gets the offense where you want him to make more of his impact. Um, so I would try and not have Chris guarding any of those guys. Um, But overall, I would I would like to see kind of a death lineup with Portis and Tucker as those other two.
0: Okay, so you got Drew. Now I'm talking about like any any closing lineups, like any games, whether it's Philly, whether it's the Nets, whether it's the Heat. So you're still going to stick with Drew, uh, Middleton, Giannis, PJ and Portis.
3: Yeah, I am. And I don't think Lopez really fits in. Yeah, down the stretch for a lot of playoff series i just even for uh philly garden and bead i just think the pace of the game is just going to be too fast for him in the playoffs um for some of those series and i think the bucks will have, have a lot more success playing faster pace letting Giannis run up and down the floor and i just don't think lopez is going to be able to keep up with that so and i don't i think like we were saying pj tucker he was the center for the rockets i think he can hold his own on the defensive end guarding a bigger player um obviously Embiid's going to get his he's top one of the top runners for MVP this season so you're not going to completely shut him down even if Lopez was the one guarding him um so I think a combination between Tucker and Portis can hold their own against a bigger center um if that is who they match up with so I, I like those five
0: okay okay so G who do you have to close to close out games whether it's the Nets whether it's Philly the Heat the Hawks, Knicks, whoever you got, who, who would you, who's your favorite lineup to close games out? I think Zach was reading my book before. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree with Zach, man. Um, that's, I was just thinking, you know, cause I, I want to see, you know, maybe sometimes Giannis be at that five position and interchange Portis with uh, Dante as well, you know, but we're talking like as a whole, you know, there's Bobby Portis has proven to to be like he's a safe player he's someone that can actually give you something really good um right. and i I, I, w- I would love to see what he can do in those close games you know we die with we die with brook man we die with brook man it's it's bad
0: you know um i like that so, word you use you, you said he's a he, pj tucker is the safe player i i like that like that's somebody that you know what you're gonna get out of him. Exactly. That's a good that's a good word. That's a good word. Jake, what do you got? Who's your closing lineup?
2: I'm going to disagree a little here. I'm going to go Drew, Dante, Middleton, Tucker, and Giannis just swapping Port or Dante for Portis. And for me, like I get the points with Portis. I'm a big fan. I really like what he brings to this team, Uh, a spark off the bench. He can put Bobby buckets, you know, he, he puts (laughs) up points and he's great. I I love him. Number one priority in the off season for the bucks. In my opinion is to figure out a way to bring back Bobby Portis. Um, But I just, I, I think, yeah, he's got like, he's, a great offensive player and he's got more of like elite level, not maybe not elite, but like he excels at the offensive level more than Dante excels at probably anything else. Maybe even like Dante's defense is good, but I think Bobby Porras, like, you know, he's going to bring offense Dante a little more inconsistent, but I think you got to give him the opportunity. I just think that, and it goes kind of back to what I was saying about Pat Connaughton, like the more just well-rounded player in general with Dante, his defense is going to be valuable to this team. I mean, he can make shots. I mean, obviously he's inconsistent, but I think you got to give Dante the opportunity to, to, to close out games. And I think he can do it. You know, I, like, I think he, he's quick. He, he can, he can play well on offense. He he's got a nice dribble game. Yeah. He's got a little bit of an Eric Bledsoe in him at times where he gets like drives into the paint and like, just doesn't know what to do and then makes some bad decisions. He's got a little bit of that in him, but I really think that he's just going to be valuable for this team on the defensive end. And, and for me in the playoffs, you got to get stops to win. So I'm going to value defense a little bit more here. And, and especially with like Portis on offense, I, I'd rather have drew, Giannis or Middleton probably be taking shots like I love Portis but I I just think that you know we've got enough offense in there and I'm just going to value defense a little bit more so that's what I'm going with
0: so Jake you got Drew Dante Chris Middleton Giannis and Portis and Tucker or Tucker Tucker yeah
2: I'm just swapping Dante for Portis from
0: what Zach and uh and G had G had you know um you know Jake uh, I think you were reading my book, too, you know, kind of like how, <laughs> kind of like how um, Zach was reading G's book um, with that lineup with uh, what G and, and Zach had like that lineup. It can create if they do if we switch everything. Bobby Portis isn't a like terrible defender, but he can be picked on with the lineup that I think me and Jake had. Like who are you gonna pick on? You can't really pick on G. You can't pick on. I mean, you can't really pick on um, Dante. You can't pick on Drew. You, you definitely can't pick on Drew. Um, you can maybe pick on Chris Middleton. You know, you but but at the same time, it's like it's like I, I like it's less people to pick on with the lineup that I think we um, me and Jake had. Um, but I'm not mad at at, at the other. The, that lineup that y'all. Choose. I'm not
1: mad with you alls either. I'm I'm not mad with you alls either. I, I I completely agree with both of you guys when you say, but you know it's, um, it, like it's, it's more situational as well, you know. Yep, but you know, I, in totality, for me, is I'm I'm choosing for this.
0: Yeah, situational is, is yeah the best word to to, yeah. to say. Um, so that kind of concludes the Bucks, you know, talk. So now we got the best player of these four. So out of these four players, Devin Booker. Zach Levine, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell. Who is the best out of those four players? Um, Jake, I'm going to start with you on this one. Who do you have as the best player out of those four? I love the
2: question and I'm going to go with Jason Tatum. Um, for me, you know, he's 23 years whoa, old. Whoa, whoa,
0: wait, wait. I just want to make sure I heard you correctly. You said Jason Tatum.
2: I said Jason best Tatum. Player. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yep. And here's why. So he's 23 years old, two-time all-star, third team all-NBA last year. He's improved every season as well, statistically. And for me, he is clearly the best defender in in that uh, group of four players, um and he's forty percent from three in his career. Devin Booker, twenty-four years old, thirty-five percent from three in his career. And for me, uh it's between Booker and, and Tatum for me for sure. Um, uh, but I'm clearly going Tatum and this season when we look at it statistically, both 26 points per game. Uh Tatum seven boards per game, Booker four, both have four assists per game. Tatum's only been in the league for four seasons. Booker's been in it for six. Booker has improved most of his seasons, but he's kind of leveled out from a statistical standpoint in the last two seasons, whereas Tatum has clearly uh, improved every season. And he's got a lot of playoff experience as well. That first season when he was a rookie, losing to the Cavs in seven games. uh, Then I think that was LeBron's last year in Cleveland. And he's hit some clutch shots in in those moments. I'm not going to call the shot he hit it game one against the Bucks this regular season clutch I will not say that it went in so whatever but to me it's Jason Tatum and it's close between Booker but I'm not really considering Levine or Mitchell at all in this conversation so I'm going Jason Tatum
0: you know, I, that's uh, I like that. I like your argument. I like you had supporting details behind it. I didn't expect anybody to pick Jason Tatum. Well, I'm surprised a, by that. Yeah, I really make, am. You make a good point for Jason Tatum, Zach. Who do you got? Who's the best? Who's the best out of uh, these four?
3: I like his argument there, and it really does get you thinking. I'm a little biased with my answer. Um, yeah. I am going to go Devin Booker, obviously. <laughs> um, But to his point, we haven't seen Devin Booker play in the playoffs. Um, So there's no, really, we can't compare that. So I guess you have to automatically give Tatum the edge on that one. He is younger. He's already performed better in the playoffs than Booker because Booker hasn't been there yet. Um, But to the stat point of how it looks like Booker is leveling out from what he was last year to what he is this year, big part due to Chris Paul, I will give it credit to Chris Paul for this, But Booker, how he looks on the floor, is significantly better than what he was last year. It doesn't show in the stat lines, but just watching him play and the impact he has now this year than what he has last year and the year before that is significantly better than what he was in years past. And I think what he gives you, I think he is a better player than Jason Tatum is. And I think he showed a lot of it before Chris Paul even here of what he did in the bubble last year. If it wasn't for Lillard, Devin Booker was the MVP of the bubble,
0: mm-hmm. which true.
3: basically goes to obviously a lot of the other teams like contenders didn't play their guys, but Devin Booker was the best player in the NBA in the bubble. Yeah. He went, he led a team that needed to go 8-0 and in order to be even considered for a playoff spot, and he led them to be 8-0. and And that was with Ricky Rubio and not Chris Paul. So I think <laughs> that was like his coming out party. And then this year, it just has gone to show. I think he's very disrespected when it comes to all star voting and all of that. So it's hard to, like, Tatum's obviously got more than uh, Devin Booker does. Devin Booker's only been an all star twice, and both of those ones coming in because someone else got injured. But the Suns were the number two team in the West right now. And to not have Devin Booker be an all star, I feel is just very disrespectful. Um, so I feel like those accolades, I think Devin Booker has deserved more than what he's gotten. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm going to go with Devin Booker just all around. I mean, the Suns have the be- second best record in the NBA right now, not even Western Conference, just NBA in general, second best record. Yeah. You can argue Chris Ball has more of an impact, but I would say Devin Booker's the best player on the team, and Tatum, he's the best player on the Celtics, and they're last. I look seven, eight, somewhere in the East.
0: Yeah, that's true. Maybe
3: slightly slightly higher than that, I but
0: so I, I'm going I'm going with Booker. Okay, so, Jake, you had Jason Tatum. Zach, you had um, Devin Booker. G, who you got, man? I'm
1: going in a whole different direction Whoa! than each and every one of you. Okay. I got Zach Levine. I'm about to make a case for Zach Levine.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa. Let me just make sure I got to. Yes, yes, yes. 27 and a half.
1: Fifty percent from the field goal and forty-one percent from the three-point line. Okay, get this, get this guy some credit here. He is, he is like so swept under the radar. Now, look, I'm not saying he's like ages above these guys. That's not what I'm saying. But you know, because I would on any other day, there's only one person I wouldn't choose off this list, and that's Jason Tatum. So, like, (laughs) um, (laughs) so any, so like, I would choose Devin Booker. I would even like I think y'all disrespecting donovan mitchell in my opinion because the jazz are number one he averages what 26.4 yeah, 44 yep. percent you know what i'm saying i think that's i think that's pretty disrespectful as well that we would even like overlook him and not even talk bring his name up you know but i got zach man 27 and a half 50 percent I mean, you Bucks fans love the fifty forty ninety case. You can all, <laughs> almost make you can always make a case for Zach Levine. Right. He's doing this at twenty seven points. Yeah, twenty seven a game. Come on, man. I just feel like this guy just haven't had that opportunity. As well. so Zach is what I Zach with the coaching, and he has gotten better. So Zach is pretty much is he averaging the most out of these? He's averaging yes, the, most, out he's of averaging these the most. Averaging the most and field goal percentage wise, he's doing them like you know 50 you know in a guy like that I'm, I'm going with that because now because like out of those three because in my opinion Jason Tatum's rig re- is, is like it's arguable for me that he's even the best player on his own team <laughs> Right. you can make like I, I like Jalen Brown you know what I'm saying I think Jason Tatum only gets the slight edge because of his luck and his luck only the guy is lucky it, it, it makes
2: sense that he's on the Celtics. why is he lucky like why is he
1: lucky
2: i don't get that he, he makes
1: know. he makes shots and you'd be like dude that was not supposed to go yeah, in. but you and can't I'm not just talking say about, that like I'm you can't just say that you got to look at the totality
2: bucks, of his I'm game not even you can't just say like oh he gets talking about
1: in totality in itself i've seen it on many occasions i'm like bro he wasn't supposed to hit that but
2: it went in. He it doesn't matter. Like,
1: so, <laughs> if the shot like goes that, in, it goes you
2: know, in. You know, like does Zach you know, Levine get he, lucky? Yeah, I'm sure he gets lucky way, sometimes. Either way, that's just that's not way, a, that's not support. All, either right? way,
1: either way, like even with you know, when I look at Jalen Brown sets, he's averaging you know two points under him. I understand that. Right. The guy's averaging field goal percentage wise, he's averaging better than Zach. You know, right. so we can we can play that we can play that game as well. You know, maybe right. if. If um, Jalen Brown takes more, you know, maybe he can be at that 25 right with, you know, uh, Jason Tatum. So we can make that argument. So that based off the fact I'm going with Zach Levine only because he's averaging 27 and a half. And he I knew no one else here would pick him. Just <laughs> off the, I looked at the stats before I came here, before I made my decision. And I'm going with him, man. But right. I like Devin Booker as well because he, the man scored 70 points. My gosh. I, I got to still give him credit. And He's see, a baller.
0: And see, but, that's, you know. the, that's who I'm picking. I, I don't think you can go with – like, you have to go with somebody that can score 70 points. Like, this yeah. guy scored 70 points in a game. I don't think you understand how crazy that is. Like, nobody – I think Jason Tatum just had his – you know, career high, Uh, what was it, 53 points.
1: And that's still
0: 17 points away from, (laughs) like (laughs) – than like Devin's Booker career high, so I, I like Devin Booker on this one. Um, these four players, I, I gotta go with Devin Booker on this one. Uh, what
2: about the defensive end though? Really, like none of you guys brought that up. Like Tatum is clearly the best defender out of these four, yeah. I, I don't he, think it's even that close, I really don't. Yeah, he's a he's long, definitely... really athletic wing, and he, his improvement over the four years, like has been exponentially more like Zach Levine has improved, but is he really going to get that much better? I, I don't think so. I mean, if I'm wrong, then Jason yeah, Tatum's so get what, much better. Jason Tatum's 23 years old and he's gotten exponentially better yeah. than Zach Ovi- Zach O'Vean has taken a while to get to that point and that's fine. Like I'm not saying that that brings him down, but like, I mean, Jason Tatum just to me, I, I I okay, think he's so clearly you're the best player. At,
0: So, Jake, you're looking at both sides of the ball. And yeah, you
2: have to. It's not just is, an offensive game. You got to look at the defensive. Right, like, yeah, Booker scored so 70 bad. points, but Jason Tatum, 53. I mean, we're not looking at career highs to say he was the best player out of these guys.
0: Right. But Devin Booker isn't like a terrible defender. He's just under Jason Tatum. But I think Devin. He's Booker, a tier or two below him for sure, in my Devin, opinion. Devin. Right. Nah. Look, offensively, offensively, Devin Booker is a tier 2 above Jason Tatum. How though? Look at the stats. How is he a t- How is he above him? Points. They're averaging the same
2: points this year. Tatum more rebounds. Like how is he Like just cuz he can get a bucket easy? Yeah, I get that, but like what is he like? Chris Paul clearly is more of is... the answer this year from them being a better team. Like you, you have to say that. Like Booker's right. stats are the right. same, and I agree with Zach. I don't watch a lot of Phoenix games, but I'm sure he has been more efficient this season and just an overall better player. But you know, for me, you just got to look at like the the stats. They they have the same points per game this year. I, I don't get. How you can say like he's clearly but better you, on offense? But
0: you said it yourself, Jack. You said that, or Jake? I uh, sorry, sorry. You said that Devin Booker scores easier. So I mean, with somebody that can score easier, somebody has a better three pointer. Somebody that can score not from easier. their
2: career. You know, Tatum's better from three in his career, forty percent to thirty five. Yeah, like I mean, that's said, a nice jump. That's a just, nice jump. He
0: doesn't have a big like. It's not a big like sample size like like you said Jason Tatum is still young like I guarantee that Devin Booker will have a better playoff run than Jason Tatum this year
2: yeah guarantee Chris Paul take Chris Paul out of the equation they've never made the playoffs Jason Tatum was very valuable in that he made the Eastern Conference finals in his rookie year and was playing well so like I mean, without Chris Paul, Devin Booker's never sniffed the playoffs. I mean, yeah, he was close in the bubble last year, but right. I mean, you got to look at it from so all you sides.
0: you see that Kimball Walker and Jalen Brown combine those two, would they be equal to Chris Paul? I,
2: I mean, yeah, probably. Okay. I mean, okay,
0: so Kimball Walker's
2: been a little rough this year, right. but, I, but I mean, Jalen Brown, I think he's
0: great. Right, but if we're putting that measuring stick, now, one is second in the East. One is fighting for a playoff spot. So that's Absolutely. where you got to – That's just this year, room. though.
2: Look at what Tatum's done in years past, though.
0: Yeah, but he – you Tatum is better this year than he was last year. So yeah. you can't say, like, years past and things like that. I think Devin Booker has been consistently good when Jason Tatum – hasn't been consistently good, he's been improving a little bit each year. So it's kind of like Devin Booker is there already, and he's being consistently good, where Jason Tatum is getting to that level, and then if he can be consistently good. I I don't – I disagree.
2: I really do. This one fires me up, but I I just disagree. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's okay. I get your
2: points. I really do, but
1: I just – I just don't agree.
0: No. Yeah, I, I don't agree with the Zach Levine though. Gee, I can't. I can't. Oh, man, y'all sleep,
1: man. I This man needs an opportunity to play play with an actual contender.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's I what agree. I feel like. We because like you guys make like-
1: great points about the playoffs because like, but this this man hasn't had that opportunity yet. You know, he's played with Minnesota and the Bulls. You know, and and like, yeah. I just I just want to want to give this guy the opportunity, man. This, this guy has improved every single year
0: i like come that come on now, man i i really do like come on now, man. and this year
1: 27 and a half on 50% yeah 40% from 41% from 3 taking what eight three pointers a game come on man get this man a yeah, chance yeah but come i to mean the
0: bucks man yeah i mean he he's done this but at the same time it's like devin booker like i agree yeah, that, I, like I said, I wanted Devin, to be different on this. Yeah, I, I wanted to be different
1: on this when it comes to that. You know, like, because I knew you guys were going to just say Devin Booker. Right. All right. I didn't know. I didn't think anyone Devin was going to say. Devin
0: Booker has been too good for too long to be, to not be on, to not be the top player on this list. But couldn't you make that same argument for Donovan
1: Mitchell? I mean, the guy's been in the playoffs. is doing really good in the playoffs as well. Why Why
0: isn't no one making a case for him? I mean, Donovan Mitchell, he's he's not as efficient to me. Like, I think he's more. I agree with that. I think he's more of the volume guy out of this one. I, I see Mitchell shooting 50 times a game rather than I see any of these other players shooting 50 times a game. Like, I I would. I see Mitchell get, like, what, 50 in the playoffs? Yeah, yeah. he He's done that in the playoffs in the bubble, him and Jamal Murray going at it yeah but, yeah yeah i mean i just you gotta give him yeah. some credit man yeah i don't give some credit him credit his way too man i just don't give him credit over devin booker um jake thanks for stopping on <laughs> g thanks for coming through we definitely appreciate it man
1: no doubt no doubt thanks for having me on yeah yeah i really i enjoyed it this is yeah this is fun. fun this is fun yeah.